Today on Lockdown Red Wings, the Red Wings have a four-game win streak after they beat the Coyotes 4-3 to in a shootout, and then also previewing the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily JWWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Lockdown Tigers. And guys, the Red Wings are riding a four-game winning streak after beating the Arizona Coyotes 4-3 to in a shootout. And I think I want to lead this off with Scotty when talking about this game. I think there's a lot of people who are on one side happy that the Red Wings have a four-game win streak, but on the other side realized that the teams they played weren't of the highest caliber and also, you know, the, oh, you had to beat Coyotes using a shootout kind of dampens it. I just want to say to that crowd that that game against the Coyotes was not as close as the scoreboard would relay. The Red Wings in that game heavily, heavily dominated five-on-five play, which is something that they cannot say pretty much all season. And when you look at the goals the Coyotes scored, they were timely goals taking advantage of good opportunities. I mean, those three goals, but the Coyotes were just perfectly placed, perfectly timed. That one, the first goal they scored, which is a deflection, perfect. Red Wings, honestly, Scotty, dominated that hockey game throughout, but just it took to a shootout sometimes. That's hockey. Yeah, no, I, I, I think... I don't want to use the it's hockey like line to like every game or anything like that. But I think, uh, you know, I don't think we've used it yet this season. I think we could chalk at least one game a year up to it. And and yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, there are we, we've been on the other side this season or like we've been dominated in games that we've sent to overtime or gotten a point out of or, or even one. Um, and like it, it happens to everybody sometimes. That's just why they play the games that's why uh that that's why hockey is is so amazing so like i yeah i'm just gladly gonna take the fact that they're on a w4 and i i do agree with the sentiment of like you know not a very tough part of the schedule a pretty pretty bad teams but that's not a negative either like that they did what they were supposed to do they they took care of business they played teams that were considerably worse than them and beat all of them and nashville isn't even really like considerably considerably worse than you um but you, you played four teams that you should have beaten and three of them are like bottom of the barrel teams in the nhl and you won every game so i don't care how ugly the games were i don't care uh, about really anything else except for at the end of the day, they won all the games they were quote-unquote supposed to win. And we've talked about the inconsistencies of this team so far this season and, and how we kind of project that that will somewhat remain and stay the same to some capacity as the season goes on. Uh, a, a good way to eliminate that inconsistency or to be more consistent is to just take care of business when you're supposed to good teams beat bad teams. And here we are. Yeah. And that's what the Red Wings did. The 
I mean, if you look at it, Vimelka is the, I think that I'm pronouncing that right, the goaltender for the Coyotes is yeah. a big part of the reason why they were in that game. I mean, he expected goals for, I'm sorry, not expected goals for percentage, a goal saved above expected of like 1.74. So he kept them in that game. He faced like 36 shots and he had a 917 save percentage in that game. He was fantastic. So give him credit where credit's to do because the Red Wings had like 36 shots and their expected goals for percentage in this game at five on five was a 75% at the end of the game. It was 77, 71, and 77%. And so they dominated the five on five play, which we can't say much of throughout yeah. the, and they if you want to talk about face off circle too, which we also don't usually get to say, like they really beat yeah. them in every facet of the game outside of, like, like you said, maybe goaltending, but uh, at, at the end of the day, this, they, they considerably outplayed them. And uh, I, I like the word considerably today. Apparently they, they outplayed <laughs> they them. Just words. They, right. They, like they, they, they outplayed them and they comfortably outplayed them. And uh, even though it, you know, had to go to a shootout and they had to have a little flair for the dramatic at, at the end. Uh, they, they, they got a win in a game that they were the better team. in, And uh, I, mean, I don't think too many people should complain about that. All things considered, it should have been a blowout, but the, you know, goal attending stepped up big for the coyotes and kept that game close much like uh, it did for the Red Wings behalf on the game against the predators. I mean, sometimes goaltenders yeah. just show up and, you yeah. know, we can talk who so too real quick. I, I don't think he was bad in this game. He let in, Three, uh, five on five. No, sorry, technically not five on five. Two five on five goals. One goal with a goalie pulled at the end of the game. But I don't think any of the goals he let in would be considered softies. One, like I already said, was an absolute great deflection. One was a fantastic passing play, slap shot from the circle. And the other one was almost identical, but that one came with the goalie pulled, extra man on the ice right after a penalty expired. Everyone was scrambling. So I don't think any of the goals he let in were necessarily softies. So yeah, he finished the game with an eight seven five save percentage and um, goal saved above expected like negative 0.29. But I thought he played fine in this game and he obviously kept you in it. So I, when it comes about, comes to Huso's play, I, I really have no complaints. I think he gave you a chance to win. And I said it in the game or the episode on Thursday, Scotty, Huso uh, is probably reason number one why you are sitting third in the Atlantic Division. I, I, that's what I said after that shutout because I mean, Accurate, after that, yeah. he won that game for the Red Wings. Correct. <laughs> the Predators. Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I didn't think any of the goals were uh, big mishaps, and I didn't think he looked bad in that by by any stretch. It just, like, again, it, it happens sometimes. And and we we talk so much about uh, we, we correlate goalie performance to the defense in front of the goalie as well, whoever's in that. And I don't think the defensive performance in this game was poor by any stretch of the imagination either. I, I especially thought in the first two and a half, periods two I guess periods that it was really really solid and then it got a little sloppy defense and offense honestly everybody got a little sloppy there at, at one point in the third but I I thought that it was a it was a really solid defensive effort it was a really good if not great offensive effort and I thought that Huso was good I mean again like the, it, it's weird to talk about a, a game in which you played a really bad team and you know, barely scraped by in a shootout win, but like they really did outplay Arizona across the board and in literally every category. It just, it, 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 it games are weird sometimes. Like hockey's weird sometimes. And like yeah. that, that, that just was one of those games where it just happened. And the fact that you could take that kind of, you know, bad luck if you want to call it or, or, 
you know, hockey will be what hockey is, like whatever you want to call it. The fact that you were able to walk out of there with a win still is, you know, all that really matters to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's take a minute to uh, talk about the goal scorers in this one, too. I, I guess maybe lead off with the fact that the defense as a whole, but mostly Phil Peronic, remained just incredibly hot um, yeah. in this stretch. Obviously, this dates back to the game against the Sharks, where defense really came along or came alive. Um, Heronic had a, game, a goal in that one. Uh, I believe Wallman had a goal, and then we've seen Heronic continue to be hot, but you've gotten goals from Sherrod along the way, Moritz Sider, and in this game, you got a goal from Jordan Osterle with an absolute, I mean, a, a shot that we haven't seen ever from Jordan Osterle, <laughs> except for maybe his, you know what, because he had that overtime winner last year at home as well, which was his first goal as a Red Wing, and he had a, I mean, every so often, he just, unleashes a shot from the high, the top of the circle that just beats a goaltender clean. And it's not something I ever expect to come from, you know, presumed seventh D man, Jordan Osterley, but the defense has continued to get involved in the play at five on five and on the power play. And I'm wondering Scotty, if that is, I mean, I'm, I'm not to say, and as I'm thinking, it's kind of, it's a no doubt statement, but it's got to be part of the philosophy and the design of this offense to get the defense involved more on the offensive side of the puck. And we've seen it a ton with Phil Peronic, who's been way more comfortable jumping up in the play. And actually, you know what? I know for a fact that that is the strategy because they interviewed, was it Bugner or, I'm sorry, Bugner, yeah. Bugner or Tangay in the during the period when they asked him and they said that yeah we try to make it so phil peronic shoots more now right. because before he was passed first and it's like dude you have a great shot <laughs> shoot the dang puck so i wonder if um just in general they're trying to get the the defense to just shoot the puck more because that was a big issue last year is the team was always pass first never shoot first everyone on the team wanted to pass the puck nobody wanted to shoot it and now it feels that the opposite is true everyone is shooting the puck and we're seeing the results of that with this huge influx of defensive scoring and it's great to see because now it makes everyone a danger on the ice and it makes it so the other team has to look out for everyone um as soon as they get the puck as a threat to score yeah the more threat the better that's just how like good offenses work <laughs> Right. I mean, that's just like, like you said, like kind of oversimplified, but like very accurate and very real and something that this team hasn't been able to utilize in a very, very long time. And I, I want to talk about Heronic. I want to give oh, Heronic his like dude, like his flowers. Cause the dude has been, has been something else. We'll do it on the other side of the break just so that we have time for everything. But like he's, yeah. he's been, he's been something else lately, man. Yeah, so when we talk, come back, we'll talk about that. Um, but first, got to talk to you guys today about Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Lockdown Red Wings listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why Locked On loves it. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response simply safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by u.s news and world report a third year in a row simply safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room window and door hd security cameras for inside and out smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires floods and other threats to your home 
Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that Locked On recommends. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Yeah, Scotty, let's talk about Phil Peronic. Phil Peronic scored what? another goal, another power play goal at that in the game against the Coyotes. And he now has 10 points in the last six games and all of his goals on the season have come in those last six games. He is the man. <laughs> the the hand, handlebar mustache heronic is uh it it might be the greatest defenseman to ever live he look there is we've talked about his areas of improvement defensively all season and we've talked about them last season and we've talked about them during his entire tenure on the Detroit Red Wings and there is certainly some some areas of improvement that he still we would like to see him take on the defensive side of things, but he has been stellar offensively and he is getting special teams minutes. He is quarterbacking the offense like on special teams and even like on certain sets on five on five. He has been really, really good at the blue line. And I mean, even in transition, like he, he looks so good offensively and, and really has the last few weeks, obviously. But I think it's it's just wild to me because he's always been that, right? Like he's always been the offensive defenseman. And when the team was really bad, he would go out there and, and he was the dude that was getting, you know, 22 to 25 minutes. Cause he was the best defenseman on the team, which like he should never be the best defenseman on your team. Right. But <laughs> when he is a second pairing D man that specializes in offense. And when you can pair him with a true, like hard nosed defensive defenseman, I mean, that's, that is, I think I want to give a ton of credit just to this pairing as a whole. Heronic obviously deserves a ton of credit. He's the one that that's getting the production and putting the points up. But this pairing as a whole has just been so good. They've been sound defensively. All the metrics point to them being a, a, a really solid pairing defensively. And now you have half of this pairing that's producing a ton offensively too. It's just, it, it really is. It, it, Seems to be a match made in heaven, to be honest. I mean, you're spot on, 100% right. Look at the fact that, I mean, it goes deeper than Phil Peronic, too. Like, part of his success, obviously, like you said, he is the number one reason for his own success. You know, he's the one who is getting these points and pro- provide producing this well. But a ton of credit also goes to Steve Eisman for recognizing this guy needs a guy who can allow him to flourish. And so yeah. he got a defensive-minded defenseman in Olimata to pair with him to be his safety net. And we've seen that. And as a defensive pair, they have been, you know, great right now. Um, Phil Pronick leads the team in plus minus at plus 10 Dylan Larkin second at nine. So Phil Pronick, who was a defensive black hole last year. And I don't mean that as a compliment. I mean, like he was a pylon in the defensive zone had like a net minus 28 or something ridiculous like that is now, leading the team in plus minus. And remember guys, 
the power play goals that you score and the points you get on the power play don't go towards your plus minus. Right. So this is his plus 10 best on the team is so, surely sorely from solely solely from the go. five on five play, which this team does not do well. So for him to be a plus ton, plus 10 on a team that does not do well at five on five play means that that pair of him and Olimata have been effective, which is really something special. And then on top Absolutely. of that, you know, this is a huge credit to Derek Lalonde and the coaching staff to one, tell him, hey, shoot the puck more instead of pass it. Take your um, opportunities to skate the puck up or jump up in the offensive zone because you have Mata who's going to watch your back. And then also, you know, just don't be afraid to be, and oh, uh, put go on the power play, man. Like put him on the power play one and have him be the quarterback and not be afraid to have him take those risks because of Olimata. Like that's all in the coaching staff. So you got Steve Eisenman gets credit. Derek Lalone's staff gets credit, but also, you know, Phil Peronick, he changed the curve on a stick. He changed from the square toe to the round toe. And now he's hitting on that a lot more. So I'm not saying that that's completely all there is to it. It oh, could be, sure. I mean, he probably worked on a shot all summer, but he's <laughs> taking steps to improve on him on himself as well as also taking the advice to shoot more that his coaching staff gave him, give him the green light to unleash the bomb more often. So there's so many facets to why Phil Peronick has been doing so much better. And right now, Scotty, he sits third on the team in points with 18 points in 20 games played as a defenseman and best on the team in plus minus at plus 10. Like that's, that's nothing short of, it feels like a miracle from what we dealt with a few years ago. I mean, he's not being burdened with too much. He's being deployed perfectly, right. and he's living into that that niche, just kind of like Dominic Kubalik was on the forwards. Yeah, I, I really do think that a lot of it has to do with how he's used situationally, and I, I think that when he was on those, like, like he was on some really bad Red Wings teams, right, a couple of years ago, and he was the only, we talked about it last week, he was the only defenseman on those teams that you looked at and went like, this guy might be here when we're good again. <laughs> this might be the only non-band-aid, like kind of one year or like wait till the contract runs out type I of. I think defense. that's right too. I'm trying to remember who was in the defensive core back then and who is still here now. And I right. think he might be yeah, the only exactly. holdover. And and so I think that giving him the responsibility of being the best defenseman on an NHL team was just far too much. And and not only that, just those teams were again so bad that the. the you know, Moritz Sider would have had a significant negative plus minus on those teams. Like that's, those were some, some really brutal teams. So I think now that he's on a, on a so far this year competitive team and is part of a, again, I, I just, I want to give so much credit to him and Olimata like so much, just because I, I yeah. feel like that's, that has a lot to do with it. This pairing is just, they, they, you know, peanut butter and jelly, baby. They work great together. And how about the power play in general? I mean, getting two more goals in this one. At one point, another power play was like in the 20s. But we saw it, man. We, we were watching a game in and game out. We knew that their percentage may have been like 17 at the time, but we knew it was dangerous and coming close. And now they're finally figuring it out and converting a lot more. Andrew Kopp also got a power play goal in this game. Lucas Raymond took the shot, who hit two crossbars in this game. And Andrew Kopp buried the rebound for his first legitimate goal as a Red Wing, because his first one was a, was, a, was a freebie by the goalie. But, you know, this power play has been lethal. And I think right now they sit like 12th in the league um, at power play percentage, which is just absolutely fantastic. They're 11th in the league with a 23.3 percentage. They're, they're creeping up their way. 
So the power play and the penalty kill continues to just be dynamite. Their penalty kill, I think, sits at eight, seventh or eighth with an 80% uh, completion percentage. So just the the schemes are working. Things are like we're seeing that visible step forward. Obviously, we still see the flaws, and we've talked about the flaws on end, but it's really nice that the power play and the penalty kill have become such a consistent part of the team's success. Absolutely. So when we come back, uh, we'll wrap up uh, any conversation we still have left to say. I think we do want to give a shout-out to Andrew Kopp, obviously. Um, and then the shootout winner was Captain Dylan Larkin. Couldn't have asked for a better way to cap off his four-game win streak. And then we'll move on to the preview of the Toronto Maple Leafs game uh, tonight. So we'll do that when we come back. But first, got to talk to you guys today about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment three locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to just touch on, let's touch on Andrew Kopp. I really, I want to talk, the Red Wings blocked a lot of shots down the stretch. Um, but Andrew Kopp is starting to come alive a little bit. He's starting to get his confidence, starting to get his strength back. He's got four points in the last five games, which includes the goal in the game against the Coyotes. And if Andrew Kopp can turn it on, and not, when I say turn it on offensively, I don't mean like Dylan Larkin has turned it on. I mean just become like that 40 to 50 point player and start winning faceoffs again. He's right. gonna be a he's gonna go a huge way to improving the five on five play in this game. And I mentioned in the game against the Predators, his line of Bertuzzi, Raymond, and himself was bad at five on five. But in this game, they were one of the best lines out there at producing chances. Dylan Larkin had nine shots in this game. But uh, Tyler Bertuzzi on that line with Andrew Kopp had second on the team for five. So they're producing offense now, which is nice to see. Yeah, well, we talked about that, right? We had that discussion with the practice lines and everything last week and how they were getting shaken up and who was going to be with who and everything. And, and, uh, and yeah, putting – there are certain players on this team that if you put them on, them on any line, that line is instantly going to raise their ceiling offensively. And I think that's somewhat – what we're seeing, but whatever works and, you know, spreading the offense around, like you said earlier in the show, I mean, the, the, the more weapons you have, that's like no duh, better, better for the offense. So uh, when it comes to this game specifically, I, I agree with you. I, I'm fine with the same top six, to be honest with you. And I think the biggest thing that well, I, I kind of want to have this conversation too, if uh, if we want to fit this in now. Just like Huso's probably going to be in that for this game, I would Against imagine. The but yeah, he also is like very much due for a day off. So I I think like goalie conversation going forward. I mean, like I, again, I think Huso kind of has to get Toronto. But then after that, I think Ned probably gets Buffalo, and then we don't on Wednesday, and then we don't play a game till Saturday. So like I, I don't I don't know I, I don't know if that's like enough time in between games where you just feel comfortable throwing Huso out there every night or uh, I think you you have to give him a night off here soon but uh, I'm well, I, I don't know I don't know with a, with a big gap of Wednesday to Saturday in between games maybe you don't like I, I'm 
I'm split because I'm the guy who wants to give Huso the start as long as he keeps earning the starts. But at the same time, you realize that Nadelkovic, has, even if he's just your bona fide backup at this point, needs to start every once in a while because just for him, like he needs to play. Goalies need to play hockey. And so, you know, I would have thought the game against Arizona would have been the perfect game to give Nadelkovic a start because that's one of the worst teams in the league and just, just to give Huso a break. But also, you're on a three game winning streak. And you want to go into your tough week riding that momentum. So I understand going back to Huso. And obviously it worked out because Huso was good again. Um, but like I am not comfortable giving Nadelkovic the start against Toronto. And I wouldn't be, co- be comfortable giving it to him against Vegas because Huso has been playing out of his mind and Nadelkovic has yet to prove it. Now, granted, it's going to be hard to prove it when you're not getting starts. But it's one of those things where it's just like he might just have to wait. He might just have to wait because Huso has been playing great. And there's days off in between games, only one day off between the game between one day off between Toronto and Vegas. But after that, you have several days off. So, I mean, you might just have to ride the hot hand, right? As long as Huso has a good game against Toronto, put him out there again against Vegas. That's, that's really good what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I subscribe to the same philosophy and, and, Back on, on, you know, just focusing on the Toronto game, I, I would be surprised at this point if Huso didn't get Toronto. So I guess that's all that matters. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is obviously one of the best regular season teams in the NHL year in and year out. Um, I know everybody likes to clown on them for what happens after the regular season, and I partake in that as well because it's always really funny. But this is still the regular season, and they are still really good. And... The offense hasn't really been as explosive as it Still was. Still really good, though. Last year, yeah, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's, it's not a, not a prolific offense because it certainly is. But it, it hasn't. I think they're averaging like three goals a game mm-hmm. as a team. So like that's that's pretty middle of the pack so far. But and they have the personnel and the talent to, you know, hang hang seven on you if you don't if you aren't careful. Like I'm not trying to dog the offense, but. The they've really made their mark defensively. Uh, this is a team that has done really well and is one of the best teams in the NHL in goals against. They've had a good goalie situation. They've had a really good. Uh, they they have a really good defensive unit. And again, this was a goalie situation that was also clowned on going into the season. So uh, there's some. It's it's. I don't know. Toronto's just so funny. Like everything they do is just funny to me. Anyway, so I, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like we, we try to do like the over under thing. I don't know if this that means that like oh this might be like an under game just because of the fact that Toronto's offense hasn't been as like top of the league, best in the NHL, like it has been, uh, you know, in in the last couple of years. So and the defense has been really good. Or if this is a uh, you know, going to get punched in the mouth because we've been playing really bad teams lately and now we're playing a good one. I don't know, but um, just some some things to look out for, for sure. I mean, the offense maybe not be have as much punch as it did last year, but they still have quite the big punch. You have four players on that team at, that are over a point per game right now. And Mitch Marner, who has 27 and 23, John Tavares, who has 25 and 23, William Nylander and Austin Matthews, who both have 24 and 23. So the offensive punch is still there. There's still a very good yeah, hockey team. Top heavy. And I mean, 
this might just be like, I mean, you have all your games against Toronto and all your games against Tampa. You still got to play in this season. And those are the two teams that are going to test you the most, test the Red Wings the most. Because the Red Wings, as we've all know and love, have pretty bad, inconsistent five-on-five play. And the Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's where they thrive. And they have incredible goal scoring up front. And your defense isn't that great. So you're going to have to play the best defensive game you've ever played. And also hope that Huso, and no reason why you shouldn't, but hope that Huso is absolutely on top of his game again. And pray that your offense at five on five can compete and not just try and score off the rush. I mean, it'll still take goals off the rush, but that this is these two teams, Toronto, obviously being the team that you're playing tonight is like the litmus test to how far along your rebuild you are. And we know that Toronto's defense isn't the best ever. It's not that great. They got Morgan Riley outside of that. They really don't have a lot in the defensive zone. They got the corpse of Mark Giordano out there. I mean, like, <laughs> You don't have, they don't have a lot defensively and their goaltending situation is very suspect as well. Matt Murray just came back from injury and he's playing pretty well. He's got a 921 save percentage this season, which is very good. And Matt Murray could very well have a rebound season that everyone keeps expecting him to do. But Matt Murray is at least coming into the season, a very visible downgrade over what they had last season in Jack Campbell, who wasn't that great to begin with, but you know, if you can exploit what was a weak goalie and defensive situation, who knows what you're going to get? You might get a shootout like you did last year. I mean, that's really what these I'll games against, as a huge rivalry game come down to is two good offenses going against two bad defenses. And I mean, if you're going to win this game, it's going to be because of Huso, because I think you have the better goaltending situation. If you lose this game, it's because they outscore you because I think their offensive situation is better. But I don't think either team's defense is all that great outside of, you know, Moritz Sider and, you know, the hot streak is, that is that second pairing. So I, I don't, this is a really tough game. And I think this is a huge litmus test for the Detroit Red Wings as far as how far along your rebuild you are. If you can sneak a win and you looked competitive, then I say, holy crap, you know, they may for legitimately be a threat for a wild card team, wild card spot. But if you get blown out, then you're thinking, okay, well, Clearly, there's still a long way to go before this team's legitimate. Not that this loss will completely change my narrative as how the season is going to go. Regardless of how the season goes, I expect them to go somewhere between 80 and 90 points this season. As I bet 85 is where I put it. The over was 84 and a half. I bet the over. But, you know, if you can start winning games against the Maple Leafs and especially the Lightning down the line, I mean, that that starts to signal a a little bit of a change in this team's, you know, skew point viewpoint, as far as how far into the season they're going to get as a threat. Yeah. I, I, you, you compare yourself to the better teams in the league. I have that conversation yeah. on locked on tigers, like all the time. You, you want to compare yourself to the best teams in the sport. Mm-hmm. You don't want to compare yourself to the Coyotes and the Blue Jackets, etc. You want to compare yourself to the best teams in the NHL. And uh, whether you like it or not, in the regular season, this is one of those. So time to time time to to, to see what's up. Time time to time to see time to see what's, what's up. up. Time to see um, how competitive of a game you're gonna put up. And and again, especially like I know it's. We have a W four going and whatnot, but coming off of of four 
teams that are nowhere even in the same stratosphere as the Toronto Maple Leafs as far as like roster construction and talent level goes. So like this is like yeah, you're you're riding a hot streak, but like this is a, a significantly better team than you have even remotely played in the last like week and a half, two weeks. The Red Wings. I mean, listen, guys, I don't want to sound like this is the Maple Leafs. We know what they are. They're a tough team. They're a very good team. As much as we don't like them, we can rec- real recognize real. They are a good freaking hockey team. They're second in the Atlantic yeah, division, great. one position above you. They're 13, five and five. You're 10, five and four. So obviously they've played more hockey games than you, which is part of the reason why there's a little bit of a separation between the Red Wings and the Maple Leafs. But you know, you're right behind them in the standings. The Red Wings are right behind them in the standings. So if you go out and you play a damn good hockey game and your special teams show up, because they got decent special teams as well. Actually, let's let's mention that real quick. So they're eighth on the power play while you're 11th on the power play. And that doesn't surprise anyone with the potent players that they have offensively. But their penalty kills a little bit more vulnerable than yours. They currently rank 18th in the league while your penalty kill is all the way at 7th. So if you can take if you can minimize the amount of penalties you take, the wings don't take a lot of pens either. Yeah. Historically they do not. Um, which is crazy to me. I still can't, I still don't get that. Cause it feels like every time I look there in the box, but that's just probably my own bias. <laughs> I um, always focus on the negative. That's how it works. Yeah. So, I mean, you do have a chance if you can take advantage of their weaker penalty kill on the power play and also not take many penalties yourself. You know, you give yourself a shot on the special teams. If you can play close five on five. It is possible. You steal this game. But man, if, if I know you have a better penalty kill than them, but if you let them get on the power play, there's not much you're going to be able to do against that offense. So, I mean, that's really that's really the preview is just go out there and play the best game you've ever played all season <laughs> to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I'm not trying to look build them up good. too much, but look good, play well, do play that hockey, hockey well, <laughs> right? Do what we do what the Red Wings pay you to do, right? Um, Red, uh, the over under in this game, Scotty, is set at six and a half. Six yeah, and a half. Over. I think I'm going to take the over as well because I expect any game with the Toronto Maple Leafs to be a high scoring affair. So, I mean, if you would have taken the over in the Coyotes game, it would have hit four to three was the final after the shootout. So, oh, hey, Dylan Larkin, by the way, got the shootout goal. Go Man. him. That was sick. Nine shots on that in that game. Nine shots on that. That was crazy. That dude wanted to score. He's pretty good. I, I pay that man. Just He's not him. bad at hockey. Yeah. So um, we're already over time. We got. I got to mention Mark Pistic reaggravated his injury, so it's going to be mm-hmm. even longer before he returns. We don't know yet, but he reaggravated that Achilles, so it's going to be even longer before he returns. But right now with the defensive players that they have, especially with how well Jake Wallman is playing, who we haven't had the opportunity to talk about, but I've been really liking what I've seen out of Wallman. I'm we got some off days this week. We're good. So uh, we will be back tomorrow with a post game uh, recap. Same time, same place. It's your team. But online every day. I miss every that. Day.